Now more than ever, people are getting diagnosed with IBD conditions like colitis and Crohn's. In this episode, we're discussing just that and how to manage life with them. Hello and welcome to Healthify with Gummel, your weekly dose of hope, health and happiness. I'm your host Gummel, a certified holistic health coach. And hey there, I'm Reet, the co-host of this podcast. And just to add a little fun twist, I also happen to be Gummel's daughter. We're your dynamic duo diving deep into health topics every week. Oh yes, we do. And you know, Reet, today's topic is personal one for me. I mean, I don't have to say that to you. You already know. Yeah. But as many of our listeners uh, might not know that I've lived with colitis and now manage life with an ileostomy. But guess what? It's given me a unique perspective on gut health, which is what we are delving into today. Exactly, Mom. Today we're discussing ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, and the importance of nurturing our microbiome. And today's episode's packed with insights, personal stories, and of course, we can't forget the actionable tips. Yeah, so you know, whether you are dealing with gut health issues or just want to understand more about this fascinating world inside of us, I want you to stay tuned and we can embark on this journey together. And remember, every challenge is an opportunity for growth. So let's dive right into this one. So I'm sure many of us have had those guilty pleasure moments, right? You know, those late night binges on um, chips, cookies, whatever um, is your guilty pleasure or uh, your favorite processed food might be. Uh, I know I've been there. Absolutely, mom. You know, I've been there too. Especially during my college days, you know, the late night study sessions that I would have, or even during the day, I would have a bag of processed snacks with me and that was kind of the norm. But over time, I started realizing that even though they tasted great in the moment, they always didn't make me feel that great afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's not just about the immediate aftermath of the food coma or a sugar crush. Uh, a crash that you might get. Um, these highly processed foods can have a long-term effect on your gut. Actually, they do have a long-term effect on your gut. And considering my own journey with colitis, I can't emphasize enough how crucial it is to maintain a healthy gut. And that's why I'm always in your ear trying to tell you to put that bag of chips away and grab a fruit or, you know, a good salad, olive oil, you know, those sort of things, natural stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's all so true, but I feel like we should break it down a bit for our listeners. Uh, So when we're saying processed foods, we're talking about foods that have been significantly altered from their natural state, right? Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's those foods loaded with um, additives, preservatives, artificial colors, things you can't say when uh, 
or pronounced when you look at the ingredient list and many yeah. other chemicals. And, you know, while they might have a longer shelf life, they can damage our gut lining, which acts as a protective barrier for our insides. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to put it because it kind of, it's kind of like how we sometimes apply too many products to our skin and then it reacts, like our skin reacts, we have outbreaks. Uh, the same goes for our gut. You know, we keep adding all of these foreign chemicals and our gut reacts to that and it disrupts the natural balance of our gut bacteria. And a disrupted gut can potentially lead to different health issues, including IBD. Yeah, spot on. And you know what? In fact, there's so much research now linking a high intake of processed foods to a range of health problems. And it's not just yeah. about the additives. It's also the fact that these foods are often devoid of essential nutrients our body needs. And, you know, especially, specifically our gut needs. Yeah, so... What you're basically saying is that every time we choose processed snacks over whole natural food, we're not only adding potentially harmful substances, but also missing out on the good stuff. Exactly. And considering our body is like this intricate machine, you know, um, it needs the right kind of fuel to function optimally. And um that's why I, I always give that analogy of the car that when you yeah. have a car, you need to know what fuel needs to go in it, unleaded, premium, whatever. And if you are not putting in the right fuel for the right car, it doesn't function as well. Same thing goes yeah. for our body. I mean, you can feed it. It's going to work. But is it going to work optimally? So. You know, next time we are about to grab that bag of chips, maybe we could think twice. Wreath, maybe you could think twice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Opt for something that's good for our gut and our overall health. Yeah, I think that's a really great reminder for all of us, mom, you know. And we're not saying that you can't ever indulge. I mean, I always love indulging in my chips. It's something that I can't, I can't stay away from. But it's all about, you know, balance and making and being mindful of our choices, right? Yeah, it's all about choices and understanding the long-term effects of those choices on your gut, on your well-being. Yeah. Okay, so moving right along, uh, let's discuss the root causes of IBD. And when I say IBD, I mean Crohn's. I mean, ulcerative colitis, you know, um, and many other uh, inflammatory bowel uh, diseases come under it. But these are the two major ones that come in IBD. And um, starting with the disordered microbiome, we always hear the word microbiome. So we're going to talk yeah. about that. And it's something I've had to learn a lot about in my journey with colitis. Yeah, and I think it's such an important topic, Mom. A disordered microbiome essentially means that our gut bacteria is or are out of balance, right? Yeah. So our gut is home to billions of bacteria. Um, some are beneficial and support our health, while others can be harmful. Um, and the goal is to have a balanced mix of both, you know, ensuring that our digestive system is working uh 
efficiently, it's running smoothly. So, yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about a disordered microbiome in relation to IBD, we're basically pointing towards an imbalance of these bacteria. Um, yeah. And then um, this imbalance can actually lead to inflammation, which is a significant factor in conditions like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. Yeah. And it's not just about what we eat that affects this balance, right? You know, stress is also a big player in this. Absolutely. I mean, stress has been linked to many health issues um, and it's no different with IBD. Chronic stress can worsen inflammation and may even trigger um, flare-ups for some people. And it does for me. I know that. Like yeah. if, if I'm under a lot of stress, um, you know, my whole body tells me that it's time to calm down, slow down, because the inflammation is increasing. So Yeah, no, I mean, I've I've seen it firsthand with you, you know, when you're stressed, even with the podcast, even now when you're stressed, like your body kind of tells you to take a minute and calm down. But I think it's really amazing how our emotional well-being can really impact our physical health. And speaking of physical health, let's touch on exercise. You know, lack of physical activity can also contribute to IBD, can it? Yeah, um, it can. So regular exercise promotes better blood flow and it helps in digestion and it can help reduce inflammation given that you are doing the right kind of exercise for your condition, um, you know. Um, and while it m might not directly cause IBD, sedentary lifestyles, you know, they can contribute to the severity and the frequency of flare-ups. So you don't want to be like sitting around all day. I know with myself, I learned the hard way because early on um, when I was first diagnosed and I used to be wiped out because of my uh, flare-ups where I was having constant uh, bathroom runs, you know, yeah. I would want to stay in bed all the time. But then over time, I learned that I need to get up and move about as much as my body will allow. Um, obviously, you don't want to overdo it and push it. But yeah, yeah, you do want to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've given you a lot of pep talks to be like, don't give up. You have to keep going because, you know, we've we've discussed this earlier also that whenever you would start your physical activity, um, like the first day after that, you'd be wiped out and be like, I'm not doing this anymore. But you have to kind of keep at it, like you said. But I feel like to sum it up, it's essential for everybody, especially people that have IBD, to maintain a balanced microbiome, manage their stress, and then also stay active along with it. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, it's all interconnected and understanding these root causes can really help in managing and possibly even preventing IBD. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, another uh, significant factor in our health discussion today is toxins. Um, yeah. We hear this term so much, but let's really break it down. Um, because what exactly do we mean when we talk about toxins? Okay, so I think this is a really good point. And to make it very simple, um, toxins are harmful substances that we might 
ingest, inhale, or come into contact with. So they can be in the food that we're eating, the air we breathe, or even the products that we use. Okay, so let's take an example. Um, Pesticides on non-organic fruits and vegetables are a type of toxin, right? Yeah. Okay. So that means then consuming them regularly can introduce these harmful substances into our system. Yeah. And then there's also things like pollution in the air, chemicals in household cleaning products, or even additives in processed foods. I mean, the list is quite long and we can go on and on. Yeah, the list definitely is long. And you know, these Toxins are not benign. Over time, as they accumulate, they can cause inflammation in the body. And to that, um, I just want to say, remember that reel I just sent you? I'm not sure if you've seen it yet about the McDonald's fries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I Um, saw that. Yeah, that talked about toxins. So I think you want to be very careful the next time you choose to have uh, fries from McDonald's. Yeah, because uh, one time, you know, most of the time we say, oh, one time it's not going to hurt. But yes, that one time happens a lot, many times over time, right? Yeah. And then it adds up and that's why yeah. we need to be careful. Yeah, no, you know, inflammation, as we've already touched on it, plays a really big role in IBD. I mean, I've seen it myself. So if someone is already prone to or has IBD, these toxins can make matters worse, right? Yeah. An influx of these um, harmful substances can aggravate the symptoms of IBD. And uh, it just increases the frequency of flare-ups and even worsens the overall condition, you know. And yeah, uh, with colitis, I mean, with any actually condition, but my experiences with colitis, yeah, you don't want to be having flare-ups because you are wiped out running to the restroom over and over again, yeah. along with all the other myriad of um, symptoms that happen with it. Yeah. So, I mean, even though we can't completely eliminate our exposure to all toxins, because, I mean, let's face it, they're pretty much everywhere we go. Um, But I feel like we can make more informed choices to reduce our intake of these toxins. Yeah, that that's the key, I think. And um, just being aware and making small changes like, you know, choosing uh, organic produce as much as possible or using natural cleaning products, which I'm always trying to find. And um, or just ensuring, you know, good ventilation at home. That means changing out your filters uh, at the right time. Uh, All of these things can make a difference. It it adds up. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's about understanding the impact of these toxins and doing our best to minimize our exposure. And for those with IBD, I think it becomes even more important and crucial to keep these factors in mind. Yeah, so being informed and taking a uh, proactive approach is is the best way forward. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now let's discuss about treating IBD, yeah? Yeah. So as many of you know that I've had a personal journey with this condition, uh, my approach has been to see the bigger picture, okay? 
Yeah. So do you remember the early days when I started my research on integrative healing approaches? Yeah, I do. I mean, it it was all about understanding that every individual is d- different and unique. And while the symptoms might be similar, the root causes and the best treatment paths could vary. I mean, I saw you for hours just trying to figure out what was working for you. Yeah, in in uh, my own practice as a health coach um, specializing in autoimmune conditions, I've always emphasized looking at the whole person, you know, uh, mind, body, and soul. It's not just about the physical symptoms. It's about understanding their lifestyle. It's about the stress levels, you know, um, the diet and so much more, everything, like the whole picture. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense. And, you know, just like a puzzle, you need all of the pieces to see the complete picture. So when it comes to IBD, it's important to have a comprehensive understanding to form an effective treatment plan. And this is exactly where uh, individualized treatment plans come in I'm, because everybody's body reacts differently and what works wonders for one might not be as effective as another. Um, yeah. And this is why it's essential to assess each person's unique needs and tailor the approach accordingly. You know, uh, like we just had... Um, in our previous episode, you know, where we yeah. were talking to Damini and she had fibromyalgia as well. Um, I yeah. also have fibromyalgia. So even though we have the same condition, um, our approach to it, our, the way our bodies react with it is different. And this is why we keep reiterating, I think pretty much in every episode we've done this, that yeah. everybody is unique. So the approach needs to be very personalized, very individualized. And that is exactly what I try to do when somebody comes to me for help. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I've always admired about your approach. You know, instead of using the one size fits all solution, you actually take the time to understand each person's unique situation, because like you said, every person is different and it's all about having personalized care. Aw, thank you. It's so good to get compliments from the daughter. Okay, so I think it's like, you know, really important, especially with conditions like IBD, that each, um, you know, each individual's journey with the disease is distinct. It's different. It's unique, right? Yeah. So their triggers, their symptoms, their daily struggles. It all varies. Everything varies. So their treatment should also reflect that uniqueness. Absolutely. And so for our listeners, you know, if you or someone you know is dealing with IBD, I think it's very essential to find a treatment approach that caters to the individual's unique needs. You know, there isn't any universal solution, but if you have the right guidance, a path to better health, you can find it. Yeah. And it's all about finding what works best for you and staying committed to that path. You really need to be listening to your body and, you know, be very um, paying attention to your life overall 
and then do that. And don't just do it just because somebody else is doing it and it worked for them. I mean, yeah. you can consider it, but that doesn't mean it's going to work out for you. So you need to be very careful yeah. about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So another aspect that I find fascinating and, you know, just very unique, and I don't think it's talked about uh, too much. And and that's the role of um, acromanasia. Say that three times. Acromanasia <laughs> in our gut microbiome. So not everybody might be familiar with this term. Yeah, so acromanasia is a type of bacteria that's found in our gut. And even though it's not in, it might not be a household name like probiotics, it plays a pretty crucial role in our overall gut health, right? Yeah, it's beneficial for maintaining the integrity of our gut lining, which is extremely important. Um, yeah. And an abundance of this bacteria is often associated with healthier gut and reduced um, inflammation. Yeah, and you know, considering the link between inflammation and IBD, I think it's safe to say that having a good amount of echromanasia can be beneficial for those that have conditions like Crohn's or colitis. Yeah, and um, it's just, it's one of those areas where ongoing research is helping us understand the intricate relationship within our gut microbiome. So knowing about these bacterias and their functions can really be a game changer in um, managing IBD, and I'm all for it. Yeah, and I think it's not just about echromanasia, right? The more we understand our gut microbiome, the better equipped we are to, you know, nurture it and in turn our overall health. Yeah, okay, so I think it's about knowledge and awareness. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 Okay, so speaking of which, if our listeners are finding value in our discussion, I'd really encourage you to please review and follow our podcast on Spotify and or any other platform that you are tuning in from. Your feedback is very, very helpful. It really motivates us to keep going and bring you these helpful topics. Yeah, and for those who are watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Uh, we always appreciate the love and support, and it helps us reach more people and share this vital information. Indeed, it does. Okay, so, you know, the journey to better health is always ongoing, and I think it's ongoing for everybody, whether you have yeah. a chronic illness or not, right? Mm -hmm. And the more we share and learn together, the better it is for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to be talking about the uh, holistic health journey. Um, and um, I really want to tell you that, like, you know, in my own journey, um, the role of diet, especially the AIP diet, uh, um, yeah. as some of, you know, some people might know it. I, I know I've discussed it with you many times. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, we're going to discuss because it often comes up, especially for conditions like colitis and Crohn. 
Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. You know, diet plays such an important role in managing autoimmune conditions. I mean, you yourself have said it multiple times on the podcast and even otherwise too, to many other people who have autoimmune conditions, we've told them that diet plays a really big role. But for people that might be new to it, what exactly is the AIP diet? Yeah, that's a great question. So AIP diet is essentially a stricter version of the so-called paleo diet. Um, It's designed to reduce inflammation in the body by eliminating foods that might be triggering your autoimmune reaction. Right. And even though it's quite restrictive, the idea is to remove the potential inflammatory foods initially and then to slowly reintroduce them to see which ones might be triggering symptoms, correct? Exactly. So in the elimination um, phase, uh, you cut out foods like grains, legumes, um, you know, um, nuts, seeds, dairy, eggs, and uh, nightshades. I know that sounds like you're pretty much cutting out everything, but... (laughs) That's how how it starts, and that's why it's so strict. And the focus is on nutrient-dense foods that help you heal the gut and reduce the inflammation. Yeah, and this diet isn't just about what you eliminate, right? It's also about what you include into your daily life, like bone broths, fermented foods, and a lot of vegetables. Yes, and that's important to highlight. So, you know, while AIP diet is restrictive, it's also about nourishing the body with foods that support the healing and the well-being, you know, and um, a lot of people have found relief from Crohn's and colitis symptoms by following this approach. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, it's not a one size fits all, but for some, it can really be a game changer. You know, they really find that key food or food type that's triggering their flare-ups. And it's all about understanding your body and seeing what works best for you. And if somebody is considering it, um, I'd really recommend them to first consult with uh, a healthcare professional, be it their GI or a, a nutritionist you know, or a health coach like myself uh, to ensure that it's done safely and effectively because um, with these conditions, you often have deficiencies. So you want to be very mindful of what you are taking out of your diet and what you're putting back in. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, you know, while AIP diet can be a fantastic uh, tool for some, there are other dietary conditions and uh, considerations and remedies for those with IBD. So, for example, during active flare-ups, what are your thoughts on low-fat, high-fiber diet? Okay, so I think that a low-fat, high-fiber diet can really provide some good benefits, especially when it comes to maintaining overall gut health. But I think it's very important to remember that during the active stages of the illness, um, it might be best to avoid foods that can further irritate the digestive system. Yeah, like uh, I would say things like raw fruits, uh, raw vegetables, seeds, and nuts. Yeah. 
Um, these are generally healthy and I usually do recommend them, but uh, they can be problematic during flare-ups. Um, and speaking of irritants, what's the deal with coffee and caffeine? Something that is like my most favorite thing. That's the, the only thing I requested my doctor um, that I can pretty much give up everything, but I can't yeah. give up coffee. Yeah, so coffee, including the decaffeinated varieties of it, can be an irritant for many. Now, I know it seems impossible to give up coffee for coffee drinkers because, you know, it's a part of their morning ritual or an afternoon pickup, but it's really best to avoid all sources of caffeine and stimulant drugs along with it when it comes to dealing with IBD. And I know in the early years, you also gave up caffeine for a little bit. Yeah, I have. I have done that. I've taken the plunge off and on to give up caffeine, especially during really bad flare-ups. Then I have no yeah. option. And it's not just coffee, uh, milk, and milk products can also be the culprit, especially with uh, those with casein in them. And uh, for those checking ingredient labels, which I feel everyone should be, uh, it's it's a good idea to steer clear of kerogen, uh, um, you know, um, which is sometimes added to soya products. And I avoid yeah. soya products anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really great tip, mom. And, you know, while we're on the topic of ingredients, uh, products sweeten with things like sorbitol or xylitol, or other sugar alcohols can also be problematic for some people. Definitely. And while we're doing this, let's um, now touch on some remedies that might offer relief. So yeah. I have read about the benefits of a slippery elm in the form of a gruel. So it's believed to have uh, soothing properties for the gut. I mean, I haven't used it, but that's what I've read. Yeah. You know, and combining it with things like sugar, boiling water, and maybe a touch of cinnamon, if you like it, uh, can make for a healing drink. You know, and speaking of healing, you know, our what we call haldi or turmeric in English, uh, those type of supplements can also be beneficial due to their anti-inflammatory effects. And I think we've also discussed the effects that turmeric has in a previous episode. Yeah. And um, I'm a diehard believer in the use of haldi or turmeric. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, in my flare-ups, I would actually uh, every night uh, put it in hot water and drink it um, yeah. because of its healing properties. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really good, especially the curcumin, uh, the active ingredient in turmeric um, that, you know, does the magic. Yeah. Um, and if uh, you are someone, uh, if, you know, struggling with cramps, then peppermint oil um, capsule forms you know, might offer some relief. And uh, I would recommend you taking them between meals to avoid potential acid reflex, which can happen sometimes with it. Yeah. And, you know, breathing exercises can also be invaluable for relaxation. Um, you know, since stress can really exaggerate symptoms, consider you can consider things like 
biofeedback, hypnotherapy, or even guided imagery might be helpful? Yeah, stress management is definitely the key. I cannot stress that enough. (laughs) And for some, even um, psychotherapy and uh, cognitive behavioral therapy can make a world of difference. It's about really understanding and addressing any emotional conflicts that could be uh, worsening the physical symptoms. Yeah, and I think, like we mentioned earlier, inflammation is such a significant part of IBD and the omega-3 fatty acids um, are things that are found in, you know, fish oil supplements can really help to address this. But uh, we want to start slow because too much too soon can cause diarrhea. And that is something you don't want when you have IBD. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're already dealing with it, right? Yeah. And But I do want to um, pause and take a, a minute here to remind everyone that with all the recommendations that we're giving, it's really uh, important for you to first consult with your healthcare professional, uh, your doctor, your GI, to see what works best for you as an individual. Um, and just because we are recommending it doesn't mean it's going to be right for you. So it's really important for you to do, you know. Do your own uh, research and your back back end work to make sure it's the right thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> now let's talk about another significant component, modulating the immune system. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's crucial, especially since IBD is autoimmune in nature, we should definitely be talking about this and doing this. Yeah, definitely. So the immune system, when it's functioning correctly, is our body's defense against invaders. But in autoimmune conditions, it can mistakenly attack our own tissues. And so understanding how to modulate it can be really pivotal. Right. And while uh, medications are commonly prescribed, uh, there are natural ways to support the immune system. And a well-balanced diet, regular exercise, um, adequate amount of sleep, you know, all these play foundational roles. I can't even stress the importance of sleep. Yeah, Um, for sure. We already did an episode on sleep, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, for sure, you know, and besides the basics, you know, certain supplements can offer support like probiotics, which can help maintain a healthy gut flora balance, which in turn can influence the immune responses in your body. Yes. And vitamin D is another essential one, um, even though we don't get enough sun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's a growing body of evidence showing a link between vitamin D deficiency and autoimmune diseases. Um, just the other day, I was actually even telling you that. And this is why yeah. I make sure to take my vitamin D. So yeah. um, regularly checking vitamin D levels and supplementing when needed can be really beneficial to you. And in some cases, it's actually essential. Yeah. And you know, while we're speaking about supplementation, antioxidants like vitamin C and E can help counteract oxidative stress, which plays a huge role in 
inflammation and autoimmunity. Yeah, that's a great point you put along. So stress management too, you know, it just can't be overlooked. I feel it's really an important component of your overall um, taking care of yourself. And chronic stress can be a significant factor in autoimmune flare-ups. So techniques like meditation, deep breathing, and um, even journaling can help in keeping stress levels in check. But, you know, for some people, if none of these are working, uh, going for a walk, um, weight training, as we've learned in our previous episode, (laughs) you know. So whatever rocks your boat, I think, is is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, journaling helps me a lot, even though I don't have any autoimmune condition. But I can just imagine the amount of stress that it can take off of people that have autoimmune, right? And while these tools are helpful, it's important to remember that everybody's body is unique. I don't think we can emphasize this enough. You know, what works for one person might not work for another. And it's all about finding what resonates with your body and lifestyle. Yeah, it's it's about a holistic approach, as we are always stressing, uh, looking at the body as a whole and not just focusing on symptoms, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think we've discussed quite a bit. So as we are about to wrap up today's discussion, um, I can't help but reflect on my own journey with colitis. Uh, It's been challenging, to say the least. Um, Yeah. And living with the ileostomy has been a new kind of learning experience for myself. Yeah. And, you know, I've been right by your side seeing you go through it. And it's been really eye-opening for me because what I admire the most is how you've always maintained a proactive approach. You're always searching for the best solution. and you're always open to learning. I've always seen you, especially during your flare-ups, you're like, you never gave up. You're always like, what can I do to fix this? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like that to begin with, but thank God I learned very early on. I think after uh, like three, four years, I figured out that I have to take charge of my own health, of my own self. And yes, there are doctors and yes, medications and all of that, you know, but ultimately this is my body and my health, my mind. I have to take care of it. And so, yeah. yeah. So taking charge, being an advocate for yourself, um, as I always say, is very important. Yeah. So. I do want to remind you, the person listening to us right now, that understand this very crucial thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be this way for you. Everybody's journey is unique. We keep repeating that because it gen- it's genuinely true. And by unique, we just mean different. Each person is you know, different. Unique is not a bad word. And yeah. while some may require surgical interventions, like myself, because I have an ileostomy, right? There are also countless stories of individuals managing and even alleviating their symptoms with the right kind of care without any surgical um, interventions. Yeah, and I think that's why we're doing this, right? You know, to share learn and offer hope to all of these people that may have these type of conditions. And 
I think one thing that I've learned from you is the importance of holistic care and really understanding that treating the body as a whole is very important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, while my journey has definitely had its ups and downs, it's taught me the importance of listening to my body and staying educated and never giving up on seeking solutions that keep going, being the energizer bunny in this uh, matter, you know. Um, And life with IBD or any autoimmune condition can be challenging, but It's also filled with opportunities for growth and understanding. So it's really how you look at it. It's your perspective. You can either say, oh, my God, this is the end of it. I'm doomed. What am I going to do? Why me? Or you can take it as a learning opportunity and make it into something better for yourself. Yeah, that's so true. And I think for everyone that's listening, remember that your body is always communicating to you. It's always giving you signs. If you feel pain somewhere, that's its way of communicating to you. So you want to tune in and listen and most importantly, be open to adapting and evolving. Health isn't just a destination. It's an ongoing journey. You know, at different stages of life, the same condition affects you differently. So you want to be able to adapt and evolve with it. Yeah. And, you know, to everyone out there who's going to be listening to this, if if you're listening, the one thing I will say is that you need to be kind to yourself. We find it so hard to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So and stay hopeful and always believe in your capacity to heal and thrive. Yeah. So, yeah. OK. Um. Now that we are almost at the end of our conversation, Reed, I think it's yeah. time that we give our listeners some parting words and some reminders. Yeah, definitely. So first off, for those that are tuning in, thank you so much for being with us today. You know, these conversations are invaluable and your presence makes all of the difference. Definitely. I couldn't have said that better. And, you know, our aim with um, this podcast, Healthify with Kamal, has always been to offer a dose of hope, health and happiness. And that's why we open the show um, in every episode by saying that. And if you found any value in today's episode, we'd love for you to rate and review us. Tell us your thoughts about our episode. And, you know, Another thing that we would love is if you would hit that follow button on Spotify or wherever you are listening to the podcast. Yeah. And hey, if you're catching this on YouTube, please hit the like and that subscribe button uh, because it helps us reach more people and spread the message of holistic health and healing. Okay. So I just want everybody to remember that everybody's journey with health especially conditions like IBD is different, as we've said many times, you know. So always consult with your healthcare professional and then make your um, informed decisions. That's right. And always stay informed, stay hopeful, and most importantly, always listen to your body. It's the best guide you will ever have. Well said, Reed. Okay, so... I just want to say take care and we'll catch you in the next episode of Healthify with Gamal. Stay blessed and stay hopeful.
Hi there, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder that the information provided on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. The content on this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition. You should always seek the advice of a doctor or a qualified medical professional with any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment.